and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Month 11 of 2020. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're so close to getting out of what most would consider the worst year of their existence. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about fun things. And I'm League 86. And I'm, as always, joined by the ever so lovely Nerd Bomber and the ever so hunk-like Tactic. He's a hunk, G ladies thanks. and oh, yeah. gentlemen, honestly. <laughs> He's an equal opportunity hunk. You know, I have a question. Since, yeah. since we're talking about the turn of November, mm. are you guys feeling Christmassy yet? Or are you one of those people who try to like delay it until the end of November? So, so oh, yeah, technically you go first because I feel like I'm going to have a diatribe. So why don't, why don't you go first? In general, I like to have some Thanksgiving thrown in there. However, this year, what are even calendars really? Right. Time is just a construct. So I, I totally, I, I want to dig into something. You said... You want to let a little Thanksgiving in there. Can you like define that? What is thanksgiving to you besides the day itself? Pilgrims? So I like... That's the only thing I could think of. I like basically my kitchen tablecloth. That stays <laughs> until Thanksgiving is done. We can have Christmas lights everywhere, but the tablecloth stays. Is it a... I'm, let me, I'm trying to picture this tablecloth, even though I've never seen it. It's, it's orange and brown. Is there a cornucopia involved? Uh, there are some gourds present. There's some gourds. How did the cornucopia get co-opted into just being the symbol of a, of Thanksgiving? The I mean, cornucopia and the turkey, answers. you know, they go hand in hand around this time of year. Right. Now, my girlfriend's family, God bless her and her family, they do a ham and a turkey. Isn't that, I mean, that's America, guys. That's, I mean, I kind of get that. Let's be real. Turkey's kind of Oh, I gross. get it too. Like, turkey's nasty. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Turkey's wait, delicious. Wait, 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 wait. Ham's delicious. Turkey's gross? I mean, okay. What's... It's edible. I'll eat it. For but the record. I'm not, for I'm the not record. super happy about it. Like, it's dry. I'd rather just have chicken. I'm going to take away some of your credibility. What do you think of ham? <laughs> I also don't really like ham, but if you liked <laughs> ham, I could wait. understand. Okay, but for the record, the reason I don't like ham is because I got the flu the day of eating a Christmas ham and then that Christmas night when I was like three years old, I vomited ham everywhere. So it's one of those like mental things. I actually like, yeah. I like the flavor of ham, but every time I eat it, it just reminds me of vomit. So. I mean, as far as turkey goes, yeah, ham, you have demons. That's that's clear. As far as turkey goes, what this tells me, no offense to to Mrs. Nerdbomber and Mr. Nerdbomber, whoever, whoever cooks the Thanksgiving turkey that you eat, you haven't had a good turkey yet. Boom, that's, that, that's like my... I'm just saying, like even the moistest turkey moist... is still dry compared. But you to haven't chicken. had one with, say, maybe bacon wrapped. Or... I have still dry. I eat the bacon off of what? it, and then the turkey underneath still dry. Like even moist maybe, turkey is dry. Maybe you're a dark meat person. Dark meat turkey, I will eat. I like dark meat turkey. So you're a dark meat person. Okay, well, let's talk stuffing. First of all, I guess I never thought I'd have to ask this question. Are you for or against stuffing? Oh, I'm for stuffing. Or dr you or dressing, shove all of that stuffing up that turkey butthole and you cook it in there real nice. I know. Actually, though, I think now you're not supposed to because of salmonella. But you know what? Cook it to temp. Get the stuffing in there. I've never heard someone so joyously say... Yeah, my family never shoved things in the turkey butthole. What? Get that... Well, you have to shove it in the butthole. But I've never heard anyone put it that way. My mom just is like, <laughs> put the stuffing in the turkey and I'm cooking it. And you're like, shove it up in that butthole. Like, you're very <laughs> anatomically specific about where the stuffing should go. And you know what? That's, that's for the best, I guess. I'm a stuffing fiend. I love stuffing. It's my favorite part of Thanksgiving. I'm like a child. I don't like vegetables. I, yams, I could take or leave corn's pretty good i'm excited for thanksgiving just talking about this by the way 
as far as Christmas goes, I, I think initially the question was, are you letting Christmas sneak in? I, you know, it's funny you brought this up because I've been, this is actually taken up some of my, my brain bandwidth the past few days. I mean, on any given year, except for this one, I am a staunch and I mean staunch. Like if, to the point that if I hear a Christmas song before Thanksgiving, I'll like plug my ears. Like I'm, I think it's a travesty, uh, what people do in like around nowadays that they're, they're blasting Mariah Carey. You know the song I'm talking about. I don't even just say it. But this year, I don't know. This year, first of all, I'm giving everyone a pass because, you know, obviously I might give myself a pass too. I think I, I might need to inject a little joy into my life. And the, the easiest way to do that now that, you know, Halloween is gone is, hey, bump, bump the, the Burl Lives a little early this year. See, that's kind of where I'm at. So usually, like, I'll let the Christmas music sneak in a little bit early, but I refuse to decorate until after Thanksgiving. And, like, part right. of that's because I respect Tactics wishes, but also it's because, like, Thanksgiving feels like once you're done with Thanksgiving dinner, my family always had a tradition where we would go outside and my dad would plug in the Christmas lights on Thanksgiving night after we were all, like, fat and sleepy. And that would be the start of Christmas. So that was always kind of right. a thing. But, you know, this year... I bought $300 in new outdoor decorations for my house, already started listening to Christmas music, and screw it. Like, my Thanksgiving's not wow. going to look the same this year, so might as right. well move forward to the to the happy Christmas stuff. And you Hallmark's already playing those though. awesome movies, so... You should still do a turkey. Yeah, tech tech. I don't think that's going to be a, a concern. We have a tradition in our, in my family's household, actually similar to yours. We don't listen to Christmas music, but we, we put it on at Thanksgiving dinner, like in the background. So it's kind of a similar thing. It's like that's when Christmas is is allowed to begin. I guess you could say. I mean, that sounds kind of kind of haughty, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've marketing wise, make no mistake, it has begun. Like, I don't watch I don't watch like cable TV anymore, so I don't like watch many commercials if I can help it. My girlfriend also has YouTube Premium. Again, God bless her. But I get a lot of emails from companies that I've bought one thing on their website once, and they are bringing it hard with like the Kris Kringle crap at at, at this point. Them, I'm less willing to give a pass to than just like the average Joe Schmo who like, you know, is living through dark times and like needs a break. Companies need to cool it and they've needed to cool it for years and years. Ever since they infringed on Black Friday by moving it to Thanksgiving, I've, I've been kind of angry at them, at least harboring resentment. I don't know. I guess, I mean, we'll be talking more, more and more in the next few weeks about Christmas and holiday spirited things. We'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about Thanksgiving quite a bit too, but for right now, we're just now like we're just exiting spooky season at the time we record this so i haven't fully gotten there yet but i i applaud you nerd bomber for going full full jolly jolly old elf i mean you're not old i don't i don't want to like out you age-wise but i mean i'm getting old but Uh, she is an elf because you're not gonna correct her there you're totally an elf and i've seen i don't know if she's jolly right now but she's i've seen her be jolly too i've seen both of you be jolly and maybe even holly jolly but let's not get crazy we have some things to talk about today. Uh, we're not just going to be shooting the breeze, although, boy, that, that, would be, that would be a joy. We have to talk about The Mandalorian, of course. I mean, this, this premiered on Friday, so there's going to be some, I would say, spoilerific things that happen there. So I'll tell you when to turn your volume down, I guess. We're going to be talking about one of the latest PS5, I mean, if we go back and forth between Xbox and PS5 release I don't want to call them snafus, but that's kind of what they are a lot of the time. And we're going to talk about one of those. We got to milk it for what it's worth because in about two weeks time, these consoles will be up. So like all of this pre-release fun speculation, we won't be able to do anymore. 
So enjoy it while it lasts, people. And then we're also going to be talking about the latest Raspberry Pi release, I guess is what I would call it. I mean, Tactic's the the Pi guy, so I'll I'll defer to him when we we reach that point. But uh, they have an exciting new product that's hitting the market. And pretty sure Pi guy is trademarked by someone else, though. So you could just call me Tactic. We'll figure something out. Tactic. I mean, Tactic is just your Tactic. It's just your regular name, though. If, if if you if you're a Raspberry Pi fanatic, we need something more. So, but I'll, I'll we'll workshop it later. Let's start with with Mando though. Got to break down this episode. So again, if you haven't seen this yet, well, I guess I want to say turn down your volume and I'll tell you when to turn it back up. And obviously, you won't hear me when I tell you to turn it back up. So we do have handy timestamps in the episode description. So if you do want to skip ahead, you will be able to just check out the timestamps below. Right. I don't want to ruin this for anyone. I mean, there's only really one thing that's spoilery, but. Don't want to ruin that. So season two, of course, premiered on Friday. We have all watched it. I, I think we all watched it on the day of. And if we all watched it Friday because we're mm-hmm. Star Wars people, we can kind of just open the floor. I mean, we, we don't have to go through it plot point by plot point. But I just want to say, you know, before we get to the Boba Fett thing, because obviously that's a point of discussion. I love Cobb Vance. Am I the only one? I thought he was a really, really good character addition. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I like Timothy Oliphant in pretty much everything that he does. And we actually just got off the heels of watching Santa Clarita Diet, which I thought was an amazing show and he had a great role in. So I was super pumped to see him in this episode. And I think he was a great character. Basically, like he brought that cocky kind of sarcastic swagger and served as a really good foil to Mando. And in this episode, Baby Yoda took a little bit of a back seat, which I didn't mind. Like he popped up to be cute for a little bit, but I, I really liked the the banter between the characters and i think timothy oliphant really brought a lot to the character to make that feel supernatural and just make him a fun character right and he just ages like a fine wine you know he really do- i mean we should yeah we should talk about that too but like I-, I like what they've done you know the way this episode is staged is is our our mando i guess his name is din Djarin, but no one ever calls him that so i'm just gonna call him mando he's looking for other mandalorians and, and at the end of season one his covert was essentially destroyed. So he's looking for an, uh, another Mandalorian to help guide him to finding the child's kind, basically, to return the child to its own kind. And he gets word in what, by the way, is a really great opening scene. A really just kind of kind of a great little vignette where he, you know, we see the whistling birds. We see him do some fighting, do some classic kind of badassery. He finds out there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. So, of course, what's your first thought? It's Boba Fett. Boba Fett's alive. This is something that is not unheard of. It it it, ex- it exists in the extended canon it, that that Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit. So they stage this thing where okay, he's going to Tatooine. He's going to find Boba Fett, and then lo and behold, someone wearing Boba Fett's armor walks in, but it doesn't look quite right. And then he takes the helmet off, and they start talking. And you immediately you want to dislike Cobb Vanth, right? Because he's he's besmirching the he's taking the helmet off. He's not respecting the armor. He seems like this kind of lawless sheriff, right? But then he's given depth as this guy who's just trying to help the town that he's the marshal of. And he generally seems like a a, a pretty good guy. You know, I, I thought I, he I liked was going to let there. him keep the armor when it was all said and done, too. I was a little disappointed about that. It's well, it, it's it's his code. This is the way tactic. I mean, I agree. I think I, one thing I am definitely hoping is that much in the way that in season one, we met Kuil, I think in episode one. And of course, he meets Cara Dune later. Like, I'm hoping that these characters make reappearances. And I'm hoping this is not the last we've seen of Cobb Vanth. I'm, I'm fairly certain, especially given the Boba Fett reveal at the end. I'm fairly certain this is not the last we've seen of Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. It's certainly not the last we've seen of Boba Fett. Yeah, it feels like they're setting this up to take place at least 
for a few more episodes on tattooing. So I really do think that we'll see him come back or get recruited to help, kind of like you said, in the same vein as the other characters in the first season. Well, and what you have to remember, too, is that there is still a plot point hanging out there from season one. He went to Tatooine in season one and worked with another bounty hunter, if you remember. And that other bounty hunter eventually essentially double-crossed him and kind of got away with it. If I remember correctly, kind of just got away with it and you didn't, you didn't see him again. So presumably that guy, I can't think of his name now, is still crawling around on that planet. So there's a lot to figure out on, on, on Tatooine, but the Boba Fett thing. I, I Nurbomber, I'm going to out you. It seemed like when I talked to you about it, you didn't even know it was Boba Fett until I said something. Okay, I'll be Uh, real. Of the three of us, I probably am the least knowledgeable when it comes to Star Wars. Like I've seen all of the movies, but in terms of the the deep lore and stuff like that, I, I don't pick up on that kind of stuff. So when you texted me and were like, oh my God, Boba Fett, and I was like... What? That was me. I, I did do that. Yeah, I, it, it's a subtle reveal. I mean, it, it's it's just showing you his face. And if you don't know, and and you know, first of all, it, you don't ever see Boba Fett's face. You see Jango Fett's face, and this is the guy that played Jango Fett, who they apparently took out of retirement. And if you don't, I don't know if you need to be a super fan to notice it, but you need to be a fan, and you you need to you know, especially be well versed in the prequels, which a lot of people tend to kind of gloss over to recognize that guy's face. He I recognize old. it immediately. I was kind it of was... looking for it. He looks very old. Even yeah. if you like, you had to like sit there, pause it, and really absorb it for a second to realize. Well, he, I mean, he's, first of all, he's been through the Sarlacc pit. He's been through a lot. That could be a makeup thing. He, I mean, he was also in, um, he's an actor. I can't think of his name, but he was in Aquaman, actually. He was Aquaman's dad, guys. Those Mr. are like Aquaman. the two roles that, he was Mr. Aquaman. Yeah. I guess Mr. Curry is what you would actually call him, but I don't know what his first name is. In any case, Boba Fett is back. So, so that, that raises a lot of questions about, you know, Boba Fett is an interesting character in Star Wars canon, and I don't, we don't need to get down a rabbit hole too much, but like for all of the fuss that's made out of Boba Fett, he has v- very few lines in the original trilogy. He's not in very many scenes. Of course, he plays a pivotal role in the events of Empire Strikes Back, but we don't know, like we've never heard him say this is the way. We don't, we don't even know what his allegiance is to Mandalorian culture. It's yet unclear. It, it, I don't know why, point. but I always got the vibe that he did not take Mandalorian culture very seriously. Like, obviously, you never really see him without his helmet. So there's some modicum of respect for the culture. But maybe this is just me, but I feel like you don't do the things that he did if you truly subscribe to the way. Well, from what I've seen, there's like multiple subsets of Mandalorian culture. The animated series, I believe there was a Mandalorian, I'm I'm forgetting her name, but she consistently took her helmet off and just had her own set of rules there's like i remember this owl group of mandalorians that like had different helmet styles there's there's a lot of different subsets and it's i don't want to say that one person doesn't appreciate it because they don't follow the same ones as mando the uh the Django fett actor by the way tamura morrison i want to give him his due because we just talked about him a lot tamura morrison very interesting name also i don't know like like you have to remember that when we meet Din Djarin, he's bounty hunting. He's doing the same exact thing Boba Fett did. I don't know if Boba Fett's actions, I mean, taking the helmet off is one thing. And like you said, Tactic, I think there are probably subsets culturally where people take their helmets off and no one cares. But as far as like the bounty hunting and the, the general lawlessness, aside from this adherence to this, this strange warrior's code, like I, bo- there's room for Boba Fett to still follow that. Just because he sold out, you know, 
just because just he captured Han Solo doesn't mean he's a complete jerk. He's just doing a job. Is maybe part of the presumption that it might be something we have to grapple with while we're watching this season of the show. But it's interesting, to say the least. I mean, it, this is this is a move that I like. In, did you guys see Solo? Yeah, we did. Which, again, I guess I'm about to spoil part of the big ending of Solo, too. So if you didn't see Solo, skip ahead. This was very similar to the, the Darth Maul reveal at the end of Solo. It's just saying, this character's back what's going to happen to that character we don't know and in that one that example is even more interesting because they have a small window of time to work within and again it's it's a it's a window of time within the star wars universe that has a lot of established canon already i love it though T- going away from the boba fett thing and just kind of taking the episode as as, a, as an entire thing it could not have been better i, I love the tuscan raider involvement that was really cool like i said i loved i loved the first scene you know i love them them doing sh- showing you know the moment that the second Death Star was destroyed and how Tatooine reacted. I just thought, you know, it was very, it, there was a, a, the right amount of fan service, very similar to the way season one went. There was the right amount of fan service while still establishing its own tone. And I was very for it. So I, I guess. Yeah, like it felt like to the budget of the show, and maybe this is just me, but it felt like the budget was slightly increased. Like there were a lot of special effects. And I mean, obviously there's a lot that goes into costumes and stunts and stuff like that, but there just felt like there were a lot of special effects. And honestly, maybe I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is probably one of the best things to come out of the Star Wars universe in a very long time. Like the basically, the in my opinion, the weight of the Star Wars franchise right now is falling on the shoulders of the Mandalorian yes. and he is strong yes. enough to carry that load. And here's the other thing to consider as well. I remember in season one, we were trying to really narrow in on the exact point in which from a timeline perspective, the Mandalorian takes place. Now, I mean, we, we could be within a couple of years yes. from what we've seen. And, and so we've really kind of, just from this episode alone, honed in on that. It certainly seems that way. I agree. I mean, as someone who was not generally a fan of the sequel trilogy, nor a fan of Rogue One, which people seem to love. I mean, I'm definitely in agreement that The Mandalorian is one of the better things to happen in a while. And also, I think the powers that be that are in charge of Star Wars are pushing a lot of their chips in that direction. I think that's a very good move. As far as what's going to happen with this season, I don't know. As cool as it is that Boba Fett is back, he has a limited lifespan. He is not going to survive this season. That is That is my current, I guess, splashy prediction. My prediction is that he is not going to be even a season-long arc. I feel like he's going to show up in one, maybe two episodes, give some either words of wisdom or help him out of a sticky bind and just kind of point Mando in the right direction and then we won't see him again. Consider this crazy. This is, I don't think this is actually going to happen. What if Din Djarin dies and Boba Fett takes up the Mandalorian armor? No. That would no. be insane. Don't like it. That would be that would be ins- okay, but that would be crazy. I'd sooner believe Baby Yoda eats him. <laughs> I mean, Baby Yoda and Din Djarin have a bond. It, they just do. It won't be the same if someone new tries to step in. It just won't. What if Boba Fett sees Baby Yoda and is like, I get it. I get what you're trying to do with this kid. I mean, everybody who sees Baby Yoda gets it. But right. it, it's just Baby Yoda, you can just, it's a fake animatronic doll, but you can see it in his eyes. That's his new dad. Yeah, Baby Yoda I, I, transcends time and space i prefer right. what i said he's baby yoda's gonna take one look at him and go get your frog looking ass over here and i mean if boba fett survived being eaten by a sarlacc <laughs> he can probably handle baby yoda but we'll see not gonna uh, lie I almost just spit water all over my microphone <laughs> consider all these predictions and of course 
on the social media. We want to hear your predictions too for season one of The Mandalorian. Where is it headed? What was your reaction to the Big Boba Fett reveal? At OW Illegal 86, at OW Nerd Bomber, at OW Tactic, and our main show account at Lineline Warriors 1. Go hit us up there. Talk to us about The Mandalorian or anything else we talk about in this episode. More to come. More to come right now, in fact, because we're going to move on to our next topic, which relates to the PS5 release, as I mentioned before. Now, we've talked about on this show, the PS5, it looks like some kind of thing. It has this this white and black color motif that I don't think a lot of people have taken very kindly to. At least that's my general inference from the social media reaction. So there's a company who, company very creatively called Customize My Plates, with the website PlateStation 5, which is pretty hilarious. They started promising customized PlayStation 5 faceplates to people who are, of course, getting the console and want to change the look. But as of today, November 2nd, Sony has stepped in and said, no, no. And now, perhaps I'm not seeing it here. It is unclear why Sony has said no. So, first of all, Sony is allowing vinyl console skins to be sold. The plates themselves. I, I have to believe this is some kind of hardware-related concern. Yeah, or perhaps so something that they're going to be doing later with the console that they don't want this company to interfere with. Nerd Bomber and I were talking about this, and my first comment was, oh, I, I wonder if this has the potential to void the warranty, and that right. they're going to potentially have all these repair issues with respect to that. And... Nerd Bomber doesn't think so. So I'm going to pass it over. Well, it's not so much that I think it's going to void the warranty because you were talking about people trying to pry the faceplates off and break their console. And these faceplates, they've already said, have been designed to be removed for maintenance and for potential exchanging of faceplates later on down the road. What I think they're very concerned about here are probably two things. First and foremost, let's be real, if someone else starts making custom faceplates for cheap, they're not going to be able to make and sell limited edition faceplates for a higher markup. So right. by putting a stop to this now, obviously, they remove all competition. And they, they do have a right to because, I mean, it's their design. The thing hasn't even released yet. So that that's that's one perspective of it. But I also am probably, con- they're probably concerned about performance issues and I don't know. Yes, yeah, is what I would heat. be. Yeah, because they've obviously put a lot of thought into the heat expulsion of this mm-hmm. machine. I mean, you look at they showed the heat sink and the sheer enormity of the heat sink inside this is basically driving the size of the console as a whole. You see those giant fins. Underneath those fins, there's all of those grills to let out heat. And I'm guessing that they probably have specced and designed a certain material for those plastic fins to make sure that they can correctly work with the heat flow that they've mapped out for this console. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think that some Jamoke, no offense to these this company but i don't think some layman who doesn't know the specs of the console and the specs of that plastic is going to be able to pick the right resin to meet whatever qualifications sony has clearly put effort into meeting i don't know that they're concerned about heat flow as long as the the form stays the same it it shouldn't really damage performance i think it's more of a money grab which i get that i mean they maybe didn't realize there was a market for all these different customizable consoles and and now it's there and they didn't think about it but oh you bet they thought about it you know for every major title playstation has released a custom edition of a console now they don't have to do that because okay 
Yes, people buy the limited editions of all of these consoles that come out, but most people can't afford to buy a $400 new console every time a new game that they like comes right. out. Think about how much money they could make, and they know this, by just putting a different design on those fins and selling them. Why else would they make them removable? Like, I know they said that some of it's for maintenance, but come on. People have gone years without opening up their PlayStation 4. Okay, so then maybe this right. was something they were planning on doing and this other company beat them to the punch. And Could certainly be. Even still, in the, the way that copyright works, I mean, there's going to be another company that just tries to do the same thing and they're going to be in this constant battle. So I don't, I don't really see why they're trying to fight it personally. But I will say too, uh, just to add, I'm looking at a gallery of these faceplates and I should say they're solid colors. Like, oh, yeah. I, not that I was expecting, like, some crazy design, but, like, there's one that's camo, and then there's, like, a red one, a gray one, a blue one, and a black one. I think they had chrome one. and so, like, gold. If- but, you know, I will say, looking at those images, it looks a lot more palatable if I get a black fin in oh, my living room the black room one looks, yeah, the black one looks way better. There's no denying that, in my opinion. The black one especially looks way better. I actually also kind of like the red one, which is, I usually red's not my color. But uh, th- this company has had to issue, I think, something like $20,000 of refunds. They've refunded all the orders that were already made. So, you know, the company is doing the right thing here. But it's it does raise some interesting questions, as we've already kind of mentioned. I, I, as It sounds like, you know, Nerd Bomber is falling on, on heat sink. Tactic is falling on... Are you tra- falling on money grab tactic? Or what, what, where exactly do you think I'm falling on? on, they might clout that it's a warranty thing, but if the instructions say that you can remove it for maintenance, then I'm going to say it's a, an obvious, hey, we want to keep that profit for ourselves. Right. I hate to be offensive, but I could easily see it being both of those. I mean, this PlayStation 5 has some serious hardware in this. I mean, it would not surprise me at all if this plastic that the fence is made out of is some kind of special spec, as Nerbomber was alluding to. And if you put anything else on there, it's going to straight up melt. I don't think it would melt, but maybe it would not have the strength to hold up the console because some of the plastic right. plates themselves are structural. Well, and all it has to do is melt a little bit, right? A little piece of it has to melt. and then Yeah, but you're talking like 400 degrees. Hey, man. Uh, the, way, the way the hardware in these things has been souped up and... And also, like, touted. Nothing would surprise me at this point. Here's the thing. If it turns out to be a money grab, we're in the maker, I'm going to call this the maker's era, where, I mean, when the whole, uh, the EpiPen thing came out, the DIYers of the world came out with the EpiPencil, a cheap alternative for people who don't want to spend through the nose. So we're in the genre where people are just going to start putting out STL files for 3D printing. For me personally, I would go with a black carbon fiber for all you makers out there if you want to make me one. Oh, I mean, you know that there are going to be knockoff third-party ones if Sony tries to do something like this and sell them. I think that they're just getting ahead of it because this is pre-launch and so visible. Like so many different gaming websites too reported on these. And I think they just saw all the news headlines. But you know in like five years, there's going to be some Chinese knockoff company that's making them super cheap and selling them on Amazon for like five bucks. Yeah, I, I do think that's the way this is going. Aftermarket parts, to use the automotive term. It's going to happen. I mean, if that is indeed what Sony's trying to get ahead of, they're not going to stay ahead of it. There's just no way. We'll see, I guess. But just another bump in the road for the PS5 release, which as I think Nerd Bomber said, is now weeks away. Uh, yeah, we're getting we're, very we're close. It's kind of crazy because it feels like we've been talking about next gen for a very long time now. And it's finally here. And it's crazy. 
doesn't feel like it, but I know my pre-order's in and I'm excited to get my console. We will probably be talking about all kinds of heinous technical issues <laughs> in like three weeks from now. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but I mean, remember like Red Ring of Death and like Xbox One, I think had a lot of launch issues. So Oh, I know. We'll if anything happens to my PlayStation 5, I will be so sad because this is like the first time I'm really buying in super early. So it'll break my little heart. Yeah, I don't have I don't have the guts for that, but uh, looking forward to hearing how it goes for you guys. As I said, I'm sure we'll hear more in the coming weeks. Right now, we have reached the midpoint of the episode, so we're going to take our short break as we usually do. But before we do, I will do what I usually do before the break, which is shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Shackness. Ben, here's to you, man. We made it to November of 2020. Hopefully you made it. I mean, we, we talk to you pretty regularly. I think you made it. And you're coming on the show soon. As a result of one of your Patreon benefits for being our fantastic Patreon producer. Ben will be joining us in a few weeks, but he has also afforded many luxuries as a night-level subscriber for us on Patreon. He gets input into our weekly game segment, which is coming up later. Nerdbomber is hosting this week. I believe the topic is The Simpsons. Yes, sir. He also gets access, of course, to our monthly secret segment and vlog, and he gets this shout-out. So you want to be like Ben believe me you do so you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details on that there's also a squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment so if you want to check that out again the details are at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast thanks again to ben and we will be right back to talk to all of y'all about the raspberry pi 400 Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon. Okay, we're back to talk about the Raspberry Pi 400. Now, as I mentioned before, Tactic, I'm not, and I'm not going to call you a pie guy because you said don't do that. He's a pie boy. No. A pie fly. Actually, I... Uh, I- I could be okay with the pie boy, the little pie boy. You got to say it like 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 grandma just saw the me. pie the little piper. pie boy. Pie piper was pretty good. You're, if you're a pie boy, you're a pie boy, but it's spelled P I B O I. It's an I. It's not a Y. You're you're a pie boy. Uh, you you own multiple raspberry, just the one or multiple raspberry multiple. pies at this point. Multiple featured prominently, I believe, in a number of your tinkering with tactic vids available on the YouTube's. And this is exciting news for you and for anyone who wants to kind of break into coding, specifically children. And truly, this is marketed towards children. So the Raspberry Pi 400, something that Raspberry Pi Foundation has announced, I believe this was today, November 2nd. This is a Raspberry Pi. So, you know, when you look at a Raspberry Pi, I mean, for me, the barrier to entry is I look at a Raspberry Pi and I'm like, so many pieces are missing. (laughs) Let me let me explain Uh, what they did here. They took the Raspberry Pi 4 and just simply added some zeros and they had the raspberry pi 400 that's all well so that's not not even remotely there, true but that's, <laughs> but, but that's not actually what they did when i look at a raspberry pi when i look at the raspberry pi 4 for example technic's been telling me for a while you got to buy a raspberry pi and i google it or I, I look it up on the old amazon machine and i see like if i were to take 
a desktop computer and hit it a bunch of times with a hammer, like a baseball bat, and like pieces came out. A Raspberry Pi looks like one of the pieces that would come out if I smashed a full-size computer. It's a microcontroller. Uh, it's a mi- it's a it's a tiny computer. Like it has some ports on it. It has a chip, and that's it. And I'm like, my first thought every time. And look, I'm not technologically disinclined. But my first thought every time is, what am I going to do with that thing? The Raspberry Pi 400 looks like a keyboard. It's it's basically just it's a keyboard with a computer in it. And I see that, and I'm like, now we're talking. I, I will say I'm immediately, I hate the color. I want to say that right off the bat. Hate the color. Their color choice is terrible. Well, it's white and red. Every, and I feel like that's it's been, white and red. That's been a pretty standard raspberry pie colors just because, you know, a raspberry. Raspberry. <laughs> raspberry. It, it's, I, I get that it's thematic, but outside of the color, like I, I'm on board. $70 price point for this thing. It literally, I mean, it looks like a laptop keyboard that ha- it has a bunch of ports. You can plug into various things. This is, especially since I have a monitor laying around, I'm not really doing anything with it anyways. This makes me significantly more interested. I still don't really know what I would do with it. And it also lowers the possibility to like do certain things with it. It's obviously not as compact. It's not as portable. And that will turn some people off. Perhaps Tactic being one of them. I, I can tell he's trying to get a word in here. But for me, this is great. And for kids who want to get into coding or even adults or average people who want to get into coding, this is a very, very basic starting point. Yeah, I will say before Tactic jumps in, I think the key target market here is definitely, like you said, I think it's kids and people who want to learn. I don't know if this is really going after the tinkering market, although they did say, and if you've been watching Tinkering with Tactic videos, they did say the GPIO pins will be exposed in the back. So you can, and I think you can take the whole thing apart, right? So even besides putting the GPIO pins aside, which are basically interfaces for hooking up servos and other mechanical work doing things. This is a really good starter for programming, but also it's a cheap computer. You can use it for browsing the internet. You can use it for watching various movie files. You can go on YouTube. You can do all of the stuff that a cheap computer can do, and it costs you 70 bucks. And it's not a stupid touchscreen tablet, so you have actual tactical feel, which is great. So I do have one question. So power is provided via USB-C. The only storage capability you have, unless you plug in a portable hard drive, is micro SD. Is it, am I understanding that correct? I'm looking at the specs right now. Every uh, Raspberry Pi requires you to plug in a micro SD. So that's not really anything right. different. Um, no, so just I'm, get the I'm big, sure not. big SD card to, yeah. and you're good to go. But the other thing that I wanted to mention, if you, with respect to the learning and the intro to programming, so all of the Raspberry Pis come with basically a, a terminal that you can code in, and you can also download Python 3 onto it. And specifically, what would be perfect if you're looking at this project for your kid to get into program is there's a library called Pygame, which is all just simple 2D games and animations that the kids can program themselves. And so you don't even need the hardware to really get into some of the fun coding projects that Raspberry Pi offers. The other thing that I'm really excited about, so I, I do have my own Raspberry Pi and I don't I don't really use it. I, I turned it into like a retro game machine for a little bit. And then I used another one as like a network server back in the day to try to stream stuff from my computer to our TV. But other than that, I haven't really gotten into it as much as Tactic has. And one of the things that I've always wanted to do, so, and I'll be talking about this later in our What Are You Up To segment, but 
whenever I try to like sit down and write something, whether it used to be like a school paper or if I just want to sit down and like write a short story or when we were doing the blog and I was trying to write a blog entry, I get distracted super easily. So one of the things that I'm very excited about this is the potential for $70 because I was kind of looking at there, there's this computer you can buy called the free write and they basically it's a keyboard and an e-ink screen and it connects to the internet to back up your files but other than that you cannot do anything other than word process and it's like $299 or something like that might be $199 now either way it's still very expensive for what it is and I'm looking at this and I'm looking at Tectic and I'm saying hey man for $70 you can build me a little writing computer thing because they sell e-ink screens for the Raspberry Pi. So you can make me a little distraction-free writer for a lot cheaper. Very excited the about free that. The FreeWrite Traveler is $429. Is that expensive? I knew it was something ridiculous where I was just like, I cannot justify buying this for the few occasions that I write. Yeah, on their website, it's $420. I'm checking Amazon now. I could but on probably do it for $150. Probably, so, but it's but, but but this raises an, an interesting question. Why is it, is it better for me? Is there any reason? And I'm asking you, Tactic, as the expert. The Raspberry Pi 4 from 2019 is on sale on Amazon for $59.43. Given that the Pi 400 is going to be $70. And given that I'm going to need a keyboard to interact with this thing, and I don't currently have one, it's obviously a, in my best interest to buy the 400, right? I mean, you can't buy a keyboard for four, for $10. least not that i know of can you so i don't know now i'm asking you how much keyboards cost (laughs) i think i mean you can you can find cheap keyboards like keyboard mice combos for 10 bucks but they're they're like teeny portable ones the kind that like tactic uses in his videos and stuff to control stuff remotely here's my honest opinion of this this is really great for a plug and play type person if you want to make a full-up device you could probably do a keyboard monitor setup with a, say a, some 3D printed parts comp- to a comparable price. Because the other thing that we're forgetting to mention is if you wanted such a device, you would need a power supply. And those right. can get those can get pricey, especially if you're looking for a, a thin, slim one that that will maintain a constant current to not cause the pie to brown out. Well, he's mostly just talking about, I think, like, are you using a straight up Raspberry Pi to do your coding stuff or do you get this little all-in-one unit type thing, right? Like you're not trying to make it like a portable laptop. Like well, I would. That, that's what I'm, I'm not saying. trying to turn so, it into a computer. All I'm saying is, if you want to plug and play, this is your thing. If you want to make some kind of homemade device, yeah, I would go with the Raspberry Pi Four, and that's why I had originally stated with, the, with respect to the plug and play, you can start coding right away with this and do things like Pi Game and and other GUI based projects that don't require any additional hardware, any any anything. It's just plug in and go. So would this get me on my way to be like a super hacker, like Mr. Robot? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Right now we'll go with sure. Why don't you try and get back to us? Uh, I guess I would have to learn how to code first. Well, he doesn't even, he doesn't really, well, he uses Python, but he uses the terminal mainly and runs Python scripts off there. So I guess maybe, we're going to say maybe. So again, this is available for $70 or in a bundle that includes a mouse as well, along with the power supply, micro SD card, HDMI cable, and beginner's guide for $100. So it sounds like the standalone machine does not include a power supply, which Tactic just mentioned is kind of expensive. But this seems like a worthwhile proposition. 
that, that that has me interested. You can check this out on Raspberry Pi Foundation's website. I just looked. It's not on Amazon yet. I have to assume it will be at some point soon. But this is a very cool thing. So with that, uh, we are going to move into our What Are You Up To Wednesday segment where we talk about what we've been up to. And it sounded like Nerdbomber mentioned before some things she was going to talk about. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to her to start. So the big thing that I have been doing over the past week is preparing for NaNoWriMo. I think that's how you pronounce it. Essentially, it's an acronym I never know. for National Novel Writing Month. And this rolls around every November. And it's basically you have a goal of writing 50,000 words because the average book, I would say, ranges somewhere between 50,000 to 80,000 words. So essentially, the, the website, you sign up for it and it gives you a place to track how many words you write in a day. And it kind of motivates you to show you like how many words you need to write to hit your goal and eventually finish a book. And there's a bunch of resources on there if you're a first time writer for planning out novels, developing characters, developing worlds, et cetera, et cetera. There's not a place to write directly on the website, but you can write in whatever program that you prefer. Because I, I use a, a website called Plot Factory, but and we're not sponsored or related to them in any way, shape or form that I just like how their software is set up and it's all online. So like I can hop from device to device, which I do often, um, but you can pretty much write wherever and it connects you with like-minded writers and stuff. So I actually, for the first time, and this is something I've always wanted to do, I started writing a book over the summer and I got to like 30,000 words and I kind of hit a wall. And I don't know if it was just because I like the weather got super, super nice and I just didn't want to be cooped up and tied to my computer or I wanted to hop in the pool or I don't, I don't even really know. What did I do this summer? What like what even happened to summer? Are we still in summer? I don't know. 2020 is a Calm down. It's I think it's gone. I think it's over. <laughs> but either way, I took a few months off and I heard a lot of people like one of my really good friends is participating. She does it every year. And I was like, you know what? This is a great way for me to, you know, have a set goal and really knock away at this book. And hopefully by the end of the month, I will be finished. So I know this I, person. Uh, sh- shout out to this person. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to her. So I basically I spent the last week kind of getting back in the mindset, kind of outlining. I'm one of those people I can't like vigorously outline or I'll lose all motivation and just go in like an outline hole. But I kind of I refound the path where I wanted my story to go. And so the last couple of days just started plugging away, hitting my daily goals and working on a book. So getting involved in some hobbies and additionally, obviously, also still plugging away at Ghost Runner and stuff, too, which is still fun great game check it out i'm uh, extremely jealous uh, of the book writing thing you know that i've tried to do this a handful of times with books and scripts and all kinds of stuff so i applaud you and i support you this is uh, your time you to luck. do it like my book could be absolutely garbage but at the end of the month hopefully i can at least say hey i wrote a book once you you, you have one yeah exactly well power to you power to all the the nano is it nano rimo nano remo i have no idea power to no all idea. you nano rimoers <laughs> out there here's to you tactic Want to carry us on here? I have started playing Watch Dogs Legion, and let me tell you, it is, from a gameplay perspective, pretty gosh darn fun. My one comment, which it went away magically, was the first time I played it, it seemed every 45 minutes it would totally freeze and quit out of the game, and I'd have to reboot it up. I've seen reports of similar things, but... So you said it didn't happen today? It didn't happen today, but I only played for two hours today. And so it's 
been kind of frustrating as you're as you're going through and in mid mission and it basically treats it kind of like you died and you spawn very far away and he's in a random location it's annoying but is what it is i guess i have seen i, w- I want to shout out a subreddit here r slash game physics if you've never been on r slash game physics it is a hell of a time you ever like see a video game break and like something weird happens with physics and you and you laugh that's what the subreddit is and i'll tell you what it has been absolutely lighting up in the past few days with like all kinds of insane things happening in watchdog legion they have some they have some kinks to work out and granted that's different than what you're describing which is just a total well i've had i've had other ones that i didn't buy like for whatever reason boats are invisible like boats are not solid matter i just can swim through them jump through them yeah i've seen cars park inside of one another i've seen people doing like crazy 360 spins while they're on motorcycles if they like if you change your hat on a motorcycle apparently like the whole game really struggles to handle that and granted this might be the pc version and not the console version but either way it's a it's a game being being trotted out and there's going to be some patches but for the time being you're (laughs) you're you're potentially in bug land yeah but it is fun oh yeah it's really fun i've kind of developed a strategy that makes the game it seems super easy so there's these these tech points that are spread all about the map and the more tech points you earn you can buy either more gadgets or upgrades to your hackable skills and basically if you just ignore the gadgets and just exclusively do your upgrades of your hacking i don't even go in places anymore i just float above it on on like a cargo drone which is basically a massive drone that you can just stand on and i throw my little gadgets down and i say do my bidding minions and it it works out great not a single bullet flies my way and drones are wreaking havoc on all of them all the bad guys i have to did you go to the tech point because your name is tactic no i just found that shooting and going in guns a blazing doesn't really work out favorable with the way that the just like real life (laughs) well i found that the second you shoot a gun literally everyone no matter if no one's around if you shoot one little gun everyone comes in so that's not what you want to do then with the takedowns sometimes they'll notice you even if their backs turn to you so that's annoying so just throw a bunch of drones at them and call it a day so i gotta ask have you recruited an old lady yet no have you come across an old lady and just chosen not to recruit her or have you just not passed one in your travels so the old people can't take hits at all and again, I just, I'm damage averse in general. So the characters themselves don't really provide me much benefit in general, since I'm using just exclusively drones. But isn't that like the the whole fun part of this the game fun. that you can recruit a bunch of different characters and have different ways to approach a game or you, you just have one specific thing in mind and you're just going to go for it? So I am recruiting people, don't get me wrong. However, the people that I've come across thus far are fairly generic and they don't really provide any je ne sais quoi at this point. I've came across like two unique characters and you're darn tootin' I recruited them. It was a lady that wore this weird beret. I was for that. It might have not even been a beret. It might have been one of those squishy hats. I don't know. It was a hat. So did you just recruit her because you like the hat or did she have some kind of like fun power thing? She also had came with tasers, which again, I don't use based on my approach, but all in all, the, the perks that the people have based on my approach doesn't really benefit me. It's rather, hey, this person looks interesting. I like your hat. Let's be friends. Okay. Okay. Like I, there's one guy was wearing a pig mask like that's on the cover and I'm working on recruiting him. He hasn't came, came over to my side yet. So 
I I have a lot of questions. I'm sorry. Um, how is the story of this game? Because I know the first Watch Dogs, and I never really got back into the franchise because of this. The first Watch Watch Dogs, I did not find super compelling. Is this story like? Is it better? The story's good so far. I feel like I already know who the bad guy is, but I don't know if this theory is correct. So I'm just gonna say I think it's the chick. When you play it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But don't spoil it for me if you already know. But that's who I think it is. I think there's a whole sort of collusion going on within our organization. That's my guess. Well, duly noted. But yeah, the story is captivating. Cool. Keep us updated, especially on Old Lady Watch. We have vested, vested interest. I hope I didn't I disappoint you guys with my approach of how I, my play style. Not going to lie, a little. <laughs> but you know, that, I, that's, the, that's the magic of games like this is that you can really do whatever you want. That's just not how I would have done it. But you do. I, think you, I, I believe in you. Yeah, you, 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 listen, you have to do what feels right to you. I jive right? with you the tech you approach. You jive with the guns blazing, granny guns blazing. That's you. See, I think for right. me, and maybe this is just my open world fatigue speaking, but for a game like this that is so gigantically open world, I feel like I would need to hop character types all the time just to keep it fresh and engaging. I do. No, I, I was oh, a construction I worker. Pick one. A weird, like, I think he was Hungarian guy. And then I was a girl a girl that wore these weird sunglasses that makes her look like Cyclops. Those are my squad so far. I have a hard time with this in general. I stick to one person and I'm like, this is this is my guy or my girl. and This is who I am. That's uh, how I always I was, was in Pokemon. So maybe I'm, I'm just talking a big game. And then when I actually get into it, I will just pick one, one single yeah. team of like three people and just play them to death. I will say, however, get, when I do shy. scope out an area, if it's not open, like if I have to ultimately go in where I can't just throw the spider bot in there and have it traverse the building, I do pick the construction worker because he's got this massive pipe wrench that just demolishes people. So... I do sometimes use people as favorable, but most of the time you can just go in, let the bots do your bidding. Well, keep us updated. Watch Dogs Legion out now, everybody. For me, Nerd Bomber talked hobby, tactic talk game. I'm going to go movie. It, it was spooky weekend. So my girlfriend and I, she heard about this movie and I, and I want to recommend it. It was one of the better horror movies I've seen in a long, long time. Definitely top 10 horror movie overall, period for me. So Nerd Bomber, I know you, you can just check out. I know this is a good thing. <laughs> This movie is called His House. It's available for free on Netflix. Also, I will, I'll, I'll add that too. One of the best streaming experiences I've had with a Netflix original movie ever, like period. This was a very good movie. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's a horror movie about, about refugees, which is a very interesting... Refugees come to, come to London and they're given housing and the house that they wind up living in turns out to be you know you guessed it haunted but the reason and the and the, and the, ma- the manner in which it's haunted kind of become interesting as the story unfolds and there's there's dramatic elements there's kind of a bit of a mystery there's a twist in it i would really recommend it to anyone who likes good classic scares but also presented in a very fresh format with a lot of also really 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 beautiful shots so his house on netflix uh, are any of the refugees hackers by any chance no refugee hackers. It's really just, it's two refugees. Neither of them are hackers. No hacking of any kind in this movie, actually. Also, not really many famous people. So if you're looking for me to name drop, I think Matt Smith, the, the, doc, the old Doctor Who from whenever, he's in it. He's like the only person you would recognize. And I'm not even sure it's him, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. So yeah, his house. That was really good. 
uh, other than that, not a lot of update from me. Still haven't picked a new video game yet. Been doing a lot of reading, working my way through the Lord of the Rings still. Those are those are hefty boys if you've ever had the pleasure. So that takes us to quiz time. And I'm going to hedge immediately. I think I've watched like two episodes of The Simpsons in my life. I have a general sense of what's going on, but I don't have the particulars. So Nerd Bomber, take us away. We'll see if I can if I can fend off Tactic here. Okay, so we'll have you start answering questions first, just to give Tactic a little bit of an edge, since now he's become the new illegal and hasn't won a trivia game in a while. Ouch. Um, right. We're going to take, again, the Price is Right approach to this. I was thinking about maybe doing one of the uh, the true or false detector. Or lie detector things, and I, I didn't have the creativity to pull it out with The Simpsons. So we're going to jump right in here. The Simpsons is one of the longest running shows on television currently. How many episodes of The Simpsons have there been as of November 1st, 2020? It is very many. Hang on, I need to do some math. This is going to take a little bit. I'm going to do a technical thing here and get out my calculator. because I think it actually might benefit me. Okay, I'm going to say 1,500. All right, Tactic, what do you say? I saw you got your little calculator out too, so. So I believe they're out for... I think it, they're close to 25 years, and I'm going to assume 40 episodes a year. That feels low, but I'm going to go ahead and assume 40 episodes a year, so maybe a 1,000. So you guys actually both busted. Since its debut, The Simpsons has broadcast 688 episodes. Whoa. Yeah. I, I thought I might be low. Wow. I thought, I, I, well, you're going to, I don't want to spoil that further future questions, but I think it's actually been on for longer than, than 20, whatever you said, tech to 24 years. But it was 25. Uh, but clearly I was, I was wrong about something. So, okay. Zero points on the board. Great. Let's, let's continue. So kind of in the same vein, the Simpsons actually started as an animated sketch on the Tracy Ullman show. When did the Simpson family first appear on that show? I'm going to stick with 25 years. So let's go with math 1995 okay i'm gonna say 1985 because I, I do think it's earlier and i'm going quite a bit earlier to be safe okay so illegal you actually got this one right the simpsons family first appeared on the tracy ullman show april 19th 1987 and they more or less looked the same they just looked a little bit different i would well, they say looked janky back in the day they did look really janky homer simpson actually was like wearing a suit and looked smarter if you believe it or not so Illegal, you now have one point that puts you in the lead. So our next question is, how many Primetime Emmy Awards has The Simpsons won? Twelve. Tectic, what say you? Thirteen. All right, so Tectic's kind of dirty tactic here paid off. You've actually won 33 Primetime Emmy Awards. So it's a very award-winning show. So you guys now are both tied at one-to-one. I have two questions and a tiebreaker left, so this could really go either way. The next question is, one of the craziest things about The Simpsons is that it's actually been credited with predicting the future. It's correctly predicted smartphones, Super Bowl winners, and even presidents. And this this is being recorded before the election for all of you in America. So kind of no relation. Among many other things have they also cor- or predicted. According to Hollywood Reporter, who has actually went through all of the episodes and tracked their predictions, how many times has The Simpsons successfully predicted the future? That was kind of a long-winded question, but we got there. It's, all, it's also, a, it, it requires a broad interpretation. I'm glad, I'm glad Tectic goes first with this one. 
22 times. Okay, it's more than that. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say one more. I'm not going to be a jerk. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to say 34. You should have been a jerk. According to Hollywood Reporter, they've predicted the future 30 times. And if you if you Google oh, it, there is a whole article where they that. go through the entire series and they like go line by line and list all of the different things. I think I remember the, seeing a clickbait predict- post that said 30 times the Simpsons predicted the future. And you know what? I clicked it and I got an ad and then I backed out. So, <laughs> so I'll just be a lesson to you kids. Always be a jerk. Always, always do the plus one strategy. Damn it. Okay. So I'm, I'm down by one, right? I'm still yep. alive. Yeah, but you're now still you're starting, alive. so if I'm a jerk... Which so, you've shown already that you are. So <laughs> yeah. let's, let's do this. So The Simpsons made a movie, boys. There was a Simpsons feature mm-hmm. film that premiered back yeah. in 2007. How much did the film gross at the box office worldwide? I remember this. This The, the joke in the movie that everyone... The spider pig thing. I remember that was a thing for a while. That was a big thing. Uh, did you guys see it pig, in theaters too, pig. or no? Was it just me? No. I did no, not see it. I did it. not see it. Oh. <laughs> This 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 had a modest gross bo- domestic box office or worldwide? Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Worldwide. Uh this is this is uh, 200 million. Oh, f- come on. It was worldwide easily easily 500 million. So Tectic takes this one home. It grossed 536.4 million at the worldwide box office. So Okay, props. You were very close. So props. He has officially won. I do have a tiebreaker, and we could make this interesting and go all or nothing. Or, or, or we don't. Or we don't. Uh, let's just let's just do it. He need he needs the win. I I know this. He needs the win, but let's just let's for funsies. Let's just give him a victory lap here. So this final question is the Simpsons was actually awarded the Guinness world record for having the most guest stars featured on a TV series. How many guests have they had on the TV show? And that doesn't include the movie because the movie also had guests, but this is not included in this count. Okay. Tactic. Wow. us with your, with your big Simpsons brain. One more time. 48. No, it's more than that. I mean, now I can be the jerk and there's the clean conscience. 49. All right, so the jerk move worked out again here. As of October 18th, 2020, and you guys are super far off, there have been 871 yeah, like guest stars on the show. But there were 600 episodes. And they have multiple, yeah, they have multiple guests, guests sometimes. And they like, get like, think bang, about like, it, they have like one time Boys to Men was on. They get, yeah. like, they get like gangs of people to, to be guests. Gaggles. Gaggles, Gaggles yeah. of guest stars. So, so Tactic, Tactic, you've though, done it. You have officially won. You'll be hosting the show next week. Host- how do you feel? The mostest. Doesn't we'll never know how he feels. I said I'll be, be the, the host hostess with the mostest. You'll be the host with the mostest. The monkey is off, the, off your back and on mine. Uh, we'll have to name the monkey at some point. Monkey can become the show's official Cliff. mascot. Cliff? Cliff. <laughs> okay. In that case, Cliff will be hanging out with me for the time being. We'll, we'll see where we, if we can move him around next week. By the but, way, that's uh, the name of my D&D character. That's why it's my favorite name. We'll we'll get into why that's your favorite name next time. But uh, but for now we're gonna we're gonna sign off here. We're gonna say thank you to everyone who who joined us to listen for a while. Whether you've listened just now for the first time or whether you've been listening for a while, we really appreciate you. We would encourage you to go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We love looking at that. Head over to Patreon.com if you're interested. Again, check us out there and uh, the social meds on Twitter. Everyone's on Twitter, so are we. Go go talk to us about any of these things or anything really at all. From Nerd Bomber and Tactic, I'm Elite86, and we will see you guys next week.